Welcome to the 3v3 Podcast, your socially distanced hockey chat show. Here are your hosts, Cassie, Pat, and Patrick. So this feels weird. We are actually recording uh, Monday evening, afternoon. Which, given daylight savings, could actually still be Sunday, right? <laughs> it just depends upon how your time travel experience went on Sunday. Mm. Absolutely. I seem to have gotten stuck in, like, New Zealand, so... <laughs> Lucky. Yeah. So, uh, last time, when we left off, we were trying to avoid talking about a certain league that may or may not be avoidable this week. But, to kill as much time possible, I propose this. What is your pitch to resurrect... Roller Hockey International. Cassie, I, I, I can defer to you if you want to defer to me. Uh, all right, I'll, I'll give you mine. I actually sat and thought about it for once and was all ready to deal with it yesterday for once. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's my fault, okay? It's my fault. That's all right. Um... So, Roller Hockey International version 2.0. I have, my pitch is 10 cities, two conferences, no divisions, uh, a Western Conference and an East, or a Western Conference and an Eastern Conference. Uh, in the Western Conference, I propose LA, Sacramento, Las Vegas, Phoenix, and Salt Lake City. In the East, I propose Albu- Albuquerque, Denver, San Antonio, Oklahoma, and New Orleans, with possible expansion into Mexico. Uh, top four in each conference gets to go to a playoff spot, or gets a playoff spot, best of uh, five game series, West Place East for championship. I'm going to call it the Robitaille Cup, named after Luke Robitaille, because he was one of the first NHLers to really use um, inline skating to help with his ice skating in the 80s. Um, I know he never played for Roller Hockey International, but that's what I'm going with, name recognition and all of that. Um, dressing 17 players per game, 20 players per roster, three forward lines, three defense pairs, two goalies. Two linesmen, one junior referee on the rink, one senior referee outside of the rink for rule reviews. Uh, Pretty much the same rules as the NHL otherwise, except two 20-minute halves with a 20-minute halftime, stop time, of course, with a floor sweeper instead of a Zamboni going around, because, you know, we need that. Uh, Three one-minute timeouts per team per game. In-game play reviews only for uncertain goals and questionable hits. If games end in a tie, it goes straight to a three-player shootout. Only wins and losses count in the standings. No extra points for shootout losses. Uh, I'm going with a 30-game regular season that starts in mid-April, ends mid-July. Playoffs go no later than the end of August. So players who are in the NHL are welcome if they don't go to playoffs. I don't know if that's what you meant by pitch, but there's my pitch. I mean, that is a pitch. <laughs> Detailed, 
specific. I like it. And on the complete other end of the spectrum. <laughs> That's why I was going to have you go first. <laughs> no, because you need to go first, being the thoughtful, intelligent, detailed one of us. Uh, I thought that was Pat. <laughs> well, that's both. He did say thoughtful. Oh, well. I no, I thought that was Pat. <laughs> trying to be nice. All right. Um, I've, 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 I've discussed this as I do my best, Will Arnett. Um, we've had this discussion from my side loosely before when I've said how to fix the All-Star game. Right, you put it in a beachside city, and you turn it into a three-on-three inline tournament. There's my pitch for roller hockey international. It is a summer league. I love that idea, Cassie. Obviously, it should be a summer league. Mm-hmm. I think it should be three-on-three. I think um, <clears throat> I don't have a cup name, but I do like the idea of the Robotai Cup. Although it kind of sounds like a cough medicine. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I wasn't going to let it go. No, that's, and that's, that's totally fine. And I was, gonna, I, was, I was trying not to interject that, of course, he used them for, of course, Robotai used them to help with his skating because he needed all the help he could get with his mm-hmm. skating. Which he um, knew. Yes. God love him. You know, he, he saw the weakness and said, I'm going to fix it or I'm going to address it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, basically, I think it needs to just be, um, I don't want to say a rules experimentation league, but it kind of needs to be a development league, which is why I want it three on three. Um, play, you don't need full size ranks. Um, that, that way you can get out of needing, you know, big huge plats of concrete in there you could use you know scaled down like i think the like the old um uh indoor soccer league they used to use sort of scaled down rinks mm-hmm. um but otherwise it's you know you just it, i want i really do want it to be a developmental league i want those kids who would who aren't going to go to the world championships when their teams are out of the playoffs whose AHL teams are out of the playoffs to have somewhere to go and have fun and learn skills because, and I'm sure, well, I'm not sure we may or may not address this particular incident, but Connor McDavid making, you know, the New York Rangers highly paid defensive core and team look silly comes from him screwing around and building skills and playing those kinds of games, not just working on getting pucks in deep and, you know, the, God, he had fun as a kid, just screwing around, playing small ice hockey. Take it back to that. Let's strip it out and take it all the way back to that. As far as the number of teams, I think you start, I kind of like your idea, Cassie. Um, I I think you make it a um, East Coast, West Coast type thing mm-hmm. so you've got franchises you know along the eastern seaboard and franchises along the western seaboard and then move inwards as necessary simply because 
if I'm an NHL player, am I really going to want to go vacation in New Orleans? Maybe. Am I going to get much work done? No. <laughs> yeah, that would be that'd be Albuquerque. Who really wants to go well, to Albuquerque? <laughs> you know, well, you you take you take a left at Albuquerque if you want to get to L.A. Um, so you you know you at least give them kind of a, a little destination place to go and screw around. And I I want to get um, one of the things is I did I did actually put conscious effort in into thinking about this one is goaltending equipment. And goalies themselves are lay are there's no red line issue in this league, right? So, if a goaltender has an opportunity to skate the puck up, let him have it. And by by proxy of that, or, or as a byproduct of that, their equipment needs to be hellaciously smaller. Yeah, I was actually thinking about equipment changes, and I was like, my brain can't deal with this right now. I'm just not going <laughs> to. Yeah, I mean, they, they basically, if I had my way, uh, um, the goaltenders would be wearing, like, Craig Ludwig-style, you know, pads on their legs, and that would be about it, you know? Oh, I was sitting there, like, I was actually contemplating, like, actual ball hockey. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, you know, where you're just in shorts, and, I mean, not, it's, it's kind of like almost lacrosse, except for you're with hockey sticks. Yeah, and if anybody doesn't know what I mean by Craig Ludwig, um, I'll I'll post a picture, or one of us can post a picture, or you can go look it up on this wonderful internet machinery. Craig Ludwig had basically like um, half circle shin pads. They didn't go all the way around his shin. They just they they sort of flared out. So he was just a shot blocking machine because of it, because, you know, he was like three times as wide as everyone else. So goaltenders can wear those. And if they if they want to if they want to drop off and, you know, skate the puck all the way up, let them let them. You know, because in 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 soccer or football, depending on where you live, you see goaltenders come out and move into the play. A lot. If a team is down by one and, you know, like it's a relegation type game or something, you know, the goaltender has a tendency to be one of the tallest players on the team because, you know, their net's massive. Um, you'll see them come up and into set plays in the other team's box. Like if, they, if they've got a corner kick, right, um, he'll come up and into the play just to try and get a header in because he's, you know, it's an additional man. You're not taking anyone else, you know, off for the goaltender, so to speak. So let the goalies rove, roam around a little bit. They got to learn how to play the puck so we can get rid of this moronic trapezoid, which is just making them not want to play the puck even more. Berger's retired. Put it away. I know. Oh, but Mike Smith's still here. Mm. Yeah, right. In name only. (laughs) Yeah, you have to look on the LTIR to find him, but that's okay. So that was my, that was, you know, that's my overview. I won't call it a pitch. Huh. Interesting. I want to go to, I want, I just want to go to Mars. Let's play on Mars since Mars blades will be the official uh, skate of the league. Um, and obviously the, um, you you just want to go there because men are from Mars. (laughs) 
Oh, man, now you ruined it because I was going to go with the and the floor sweeper would be just a Mars rover. <laughs> I was going to offer up my Yeti room room back yeah. for the floor sweeper. There we go. <laughs> no, um, I'm going to go in a different direction. I'm no, gonna, I'm going to steal a little bit of each, but I've had this concept in mind for a summer development league for a while. And sure enough, someone in basketball is already trying to do it. So instead of having a, you know, a bunch of teams in a bunch of locations, you pick a coastal city. And I'm thinking a West Coast city. And you build a made for video, made for turn a rink into a stage type facility where you create a, de- a summer destination for training and creating a, 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 an indoor and outdoor stage where players just perform and just no coaches three on three, just have a little bit of fun, but you do it in a way where, it's not being broadcast on national TV per se. We don't have all these big expensive hangups that, you know, essentially kill most modern sports leagues. You're not worried about a gate. You're not worried about, I don't know. You're not worried about TV contracts. But what you do is you just create this league and you're just throwing out different video clips. Think of guys like, um, uh, Pavel Barber, he's a sm- social media guy who does tricks that even McDavid could, hasn't done to yeah, this thank point. You. <laughs> <laughs> Mainly because he doesn't want to or hasn't needed to. Hasn't yeah. needed it's to, inappropriate in hockey games and he would be uh, punished for it. I don't think McDavid would. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, it's like hockey players are taught that if they stick their neck out, they're going to get their head lopped off. So, oh yeah, Tom Tom Tomash Hurdle's fourth goal, you know, that basically ended Martin Biron's career. You know, but the between the legs in a game that the Rangers weren't even in, um, you know, and then everyone giving him grief for it, or not everyone. A small section of very loud people giving him grief for it. And then everyone else has largely forgotten it. Yeah. You remember it because it was an awesome goal. Oh, hell yeah. It was gorgeous. It just coincidentally was the last goal one Marty Baron gave up. Well, yeah. But it was awesome. So you remember it. But that's not not how hockey works, though. It's like the, the concept of actually... Doing stepping out out of your comfort zone and sticking your neck out and making a show individually has been pounded into them that they're going to get punished, less ice time, get traded, and blah blah blah. And so, of course, it was a European who did that. Now, a Canadian never would have. Well, I don't know. Matthew Kachuk pulling it out. Matthew's pulled it out a few times, eh. but then he's really not Canadian. Anyways, we're. So anyway, sorry. Yeah. Oh, okay. are we going on tangents? <laughs> what? What do oranges have? Yeah, we always seem to go off on tangents when you're about to tell us everything. Tell? I'm just I'm just throwing ideas out. Uh, 
So, so wait, was I the only one who did the homework this time? No. No. Okay. <laughs> let, me, let me set the stage specifically because I'll get into some specific examples. But over the weekend, I read this article about this upstart basketball program called uh, Overtime Elite. They essentially built a custom facility in Atlanta and they started recruiting like five-star All-American prospects who have pro potential. And they're the types of players that would go to college for maybe one or two years. And then if they're good, if they do, you know, flush out a, some draft stock, they would go to the NBA early. Their concept is um, let's pay these players, give them actual contracts, people anywhere from age 16 to, to 20 actual contracts, get them to finish high school, like legitimately bring in different individuals to, Oh, you hear about rookie orientations and people come and get presentations on this and that. Well, most of those don't seem to do anything in hockey, but what if you brought in actual people, let's say uh, Glenn Healy, just because I was listening to an interview with him. He's the head of the alumni association. He's a guy that's been involved in, you know, labor negotiations when he was part of the PA. What if he were to come and, and talk to a handful of up and coming prospects who maybe are U.S. based and don't want to go play in the CHL, but want some sort of alternative and aren't worried about NCAA eligibility. What if he were to come in as part of a weekly course on labor rights, players negotiation, all the little stuff that no one ever thinks about when you're a hockey robot traveling every weekend just to go play in some rink three, four hours away so your parents can get drunk in a hotel lobby. Um, what if instead you were kind of in a, a prep school type environment where you would make money and also get some more hands-on learning? So then let me stop you there. Yeah. They can't make money if they don't want to lose their college eligibility. Right. But this program in, in particular is they're targeting guys that they want a second path or a second option that isn't just College. going to the NCAA. Right. Okay. Um, so sort of like what McDay or uh, Austin Matthews did when he played in Switzerland for a year. He oh. took an alternative path, but there's only one, two players a year that can do something like that. And of course, all these ideas are met with skepticism, but there needs to be alternatives to the norm to get anything to progress differently. He's getting what he deserves for not wanting to play in Everett. <laughs> Which is all that was. Okay. He so want to play in Everett. So, okay, so... When you were talking about the basketball thing, that sounded like what I did in high school because I played basketball in high school. And so we did summer league and it was all in Olympia, which was like 20 miles away from where I went to high school, which is like 20 miles away from where I live. So it was like a 40 mile drive anyways. So um, 
so they had it at North Thurston High School, and if you wanted to work on your skills and wanted to like play summer ball, then everybody would just go to the one location and they would have weekend tournaments every weekend. Um, and you would get, you know, special coaching and, and people would, you know, parents could sit in the stands and watch and, and it wasn't three on three. We still played five on five, but, um, that sort of thing, except monetizing it somehow. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So to bring this whole outside concept into hockey, one thing I've always wanted to see done, we've seen the rise of internet streams from, you know, your average rank of rookie tournaments. And it always looks like crap. I want to see, like, get television producers, you know, videographers together and build a specific facility to properly broadcast and experiment how you could show different angles of hockey without having to worry about a crowd in both an indoor arena. And because we're talking summer outside in a West coast city outside too, where you could have a 200 person capacity, you know, side. So volleyball. Exactly. Just have something fun, but have it built to actually stream or get really high quality clips where we could see McDavid's 1v4 goal the other night, but see it from all angles. Like there's no limitations due to a crowd or, you know, a FCC indoor, you know, running, so it running would, drones indoor. Type. Exactly. So it would basically be, they'd have to basically like the NHL or the NHLPA or whoever would have to team up with like a college university to build this facility, not just to build it for um, training prospects, um, summer camp prospect training camp thingy, um, but also media training center for mm -hmm. sports media, um, like broadcasters and because uh, I mean if you if you got it together with a university that has a really good broadcasting college program school whatever um, then that would solve a lot of the things that you're talking about you would actually have people who are trained to do video work with hockey players and not football or baseball or something like that. And let's remember, because this is Roller Hockey International 2.0, we don't have to worry about the PA or right, the NHL. But but yeah, we can totally screw our players. <laughs> All on our own. Um, you we know, don't I, have to fake like we care about them. But see, the, the, the issue that you're running into then is who's going to be the group overseeing the hockey development is it usa hockey god forbid nope. Nope. is it is it you know a professional league of some kind i mean i know you're saying roller hockey international but that is that could be an umbrella for a different group you know what i'm saying that the backers kind of thing 
What it's going to have to come down to is be just like any league is going to have to be something privatized and just individuals taking the personal responsibility to plan and build something outright with long-term vision and not short-term profits in mind. And that's probably what's going to do my idea from the onset because that's not how business works. But seeing that, at least in other sports, there at least a, someone out there is attempting to create a model. Maybe that could be pulled off in other sports. Like the NHL in the summer, instead of having all these crazy prospect tournaments all over the place, I would want that league to build their own facility to house tournament once in the summer where they can do their old Shanahan crazy, you know, development camp where they experiment with the rules, where they move the face off circles, no icing, no, you know, move the, the creases up, you know, 15 feet from the boards just do all that crazy stuff that we saw until Shanahan got hired away by the Leafs. I think at least with roller hockey, there's way less in the way of, you know, the perceived infrastructure, the, the roller hockey national body is not the thing that USA hockey or even hockey Canada is today. There would be less friction to create something new. And honestly, it's more cost effective because you're not worried about cooling. You're not worried about all the the rink costs associated with ice. And to appeal to a younger demographic, if you're not worried about broadcast deals and getting the old white men to subscribe to something, you can broadcast or attract viewers in different ways. You know it's going to end up on ESPN Plus. Just stop, Pat. Okay. <laughs> If it's a sport, it's on ESPN Plus, unless it's a Swedish or, or the Swiss. Swiss, yeah. yeah. Um, so I, my, I would, I would suggest it being a prospect sort of deal, like, or maybe have it split one half of the summer and the other half of the summer, because there are a lot of guys who get drafted, and guys up to like you know, say twenty four years old, that really could use a little extra help. And they don't get it in the NHL. Well, they're supposed to get it in the AHL, but. Well, yeah, and they're yes, also that supposed doesn't to, happen either. Yeah, well, they're also supposed to get in the NHL too if they're, you know, not sent back to junior. But enough about Dylan Strom. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. Where was that going? I don't remember. How did I get here? I have no idea. Um. <clears throat> Yeah, boy, I really did just have a brain freeze. Huh. Summer development, roller hockey. Um, um, yeah, so I want I want a custom rink built to actually video video things. Really get cool angles, show things off, let all the people do whatever the newest video thing is, because I'm sure TikTok's out of date by now. Um Pavel Barber and Coach Jeremy meets L.A. or 
some other cool West Coast city. I don't know. But let's do something completely Hawaii. Hawaii. Who doesn't want to go to Hawaii for vacation? And and you know, you get out, you play, you, you quote unquote work. You you know, you do a little tournament thing. You have some fun, right? Eat some poke. Yeah. Let's yeah. get even crazier. How about one in Cancun? There you go. There's your Eastern and Western conferences. <laughs> God. Uh, Someplace people want to go. <laughs> You're not worrying about being a You're not premier get- event. You can just be something there where a casual tourist could come in and just check something out on the cheap. Hardcore, <laughs> hardcore fans may show up, but they're going to be few and far between. Yeah. Everyone needs to get out of the sun for a little bit. Let, let's take some cover and watch something kind of fun. So I say I say it's it's Cabo San Lucas and uh, Cancun. Okay. We'll keep it in Mexico. Those poor people would never get out of Cabo Wabo. <laughs> and you know Sammy Hagar would be a primary sponsor, right? Uh-huh. Red Rocker tequila everywhere, whatever his tequila brand is. All over the boards, all over everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just, you know, be careful what you wish for type thing. Sometimes the angels punish us by answering our prayers, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, hey, I had a question for you guys. Uh-oh. Um, I had been under the impression, and it wasn't an impression performed by Rich Little, that the um, <laughs> um, AHL franchise for our one Seattle insert phony name here team was going to be in the same color suite as their NHL franchise to, you know, facilitate players being called up, not having to have multiple sets of equipment. Why did they blow that out of the water? Oh, no, 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 no. But didn't you notice? It, it It's the same color palette, just inversed. Well, they don't have their own team either at the moment. Well, no, but they announced the Freebirds, the the Firebirds, uh, the the Coachella Valley Firebirds. Oh, I don't think I saw that. Yeah, that they they um, God, I am just um um. Habit, 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 habit. There we go. This is what happens when we podcast on a work day. You know, me transitioning out of programmer mode into this is just like I want to do everything in FL statements. Um, (laughs) I definitely deployed something two minutes before we started recording. So I'm I'm right there with you. Mm. You should be thankful I don't work on device drivers anymore because everything would just be an assembly code then. Move, push, pop. Come, jump. (laughs) Um, I didn't see any of the blue. Mm -hmm. The blue is very subtle. It's on the merch. So in theory, they could have blue pants, blue gloves, but a ton of, I, I would see a lot more red accent. Orange is introduced, so there's your one big, you know, change. 
Well, is the background actually black or is it navy? It is navy. I have not done my nerd work and and checked the color palette. But I have they? Okay, so they haven't pushed up the the uh, CYMK plates for them then, huh? Or the Pantone colors? I, I haven't that. I haven't seen the nauseatingly um, overly um, designed branding guidelines yet either. So. Okay, so that. But so, I do know they are using a navy. As he goes, view page source. Theme <laughs> color. I mean, uh, which web, which web color format do you want? Do you want HSL? Do you want hex still? Um, hex, I can get, because I'm comfortable as as a, as an as a someone as a someone as someone who has programmed the majority of his life in assembly. I'm comfortable with hex. Zero zero one four two five is your blue. Yep. Dude, that's I'm our, all about RGB. What's up with that? <laughs> RGB, whatever. Yeah, no. Dude. Okay, so that is that is that. Um, let me see. I found it right here. Yep. Okay. So that is the dark blue of the kraken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the eye of the firebird is the uh, glacial blue. It's the eye of the firebird and king of the fire. <sighs> they really need like a '70s uh, firebird for this place. We've got the heat. Bring on the ice. Okay. Welcome to Patrick Cassie and Pat surf the Coachella Valley Firebirds webpage and discuss it. Um, live up live web page update. Yeah. Well, pooper doodles. Okay. So they've just really basically they really did just do a negative one on the addition to invert everything. Except so, they added the orange then, yeah. instead of the extra blue color. Which is gonna screw up gonna screw up goalies, right? Because the goalies mm -hmm. are gonna want that orange in there. And then they're gonna get called up and people are like, why do they have orange in their pads? Mm -hmm. Is look, as good as Chris Drieger's pads may or may not be, we haven't got to see them much. Um the minor league goalies will have a lot more fun with this. A lot more fun. I mean, this also opens up the opportunity for the third jersey, right? And the fourth and the fifth, because uh, they have two in the bag. Do they not in Seattle? <sighs> yes. And I'm not even including a um, Metropolitan's. Metropolitan's throwback because we know that's there too. Well, mm -hmm. that's going to be for an outdoor game. Oh, mm -hmm. really? Hmm. Yeah. Who could have predicted that? Don't know. Hopefully Don't. not against Chicago. You mean think, Rockford? I don't mm -hmm. think many people are going to be doing much against Chicago for a couple years. <clears throat> I gotta hope. Um, yeah, I just can't wait for them to come out with the, you know, the, the grunge jerseys, the flannel with the ripped jeans, oh, the pants. at least they're not an AHL team where they'd be mandated every year with all their screen, with all their other screen printed ones. 
But will it be a um, pregame warm-up jersey? That's what I was going to ask. Hey, speaking of pregame, thank you for doing that, Pat. Speaking of pregame <laughs> warm-up jerseys, I want to give a mad shout-out to the Canucks for doing the fifth year of their Diwali. Diwali jerseys, yeah, those yeah, were nice. Those, those yeah, those Diwali jerseys were sweet. You know, I work with um, I work with a bunch of Indian people from India, um, and I've and I've gotten a few of them into hockey because of the hockey night in Punjabi stream, and then also you know the the Canucks doing a Diwali night celebration. So when Diwali started and everyone was you know posting Happy Diwali, and I posted those sweaters, there were a lot of people like, "Wow, can we buy them?" And I was like, mm, "Yeah." Oftentimes they go up for auction afterwards. So, you know, uh, the unfortunate thing is they, I think where you were going, Cassie, is I, I, unfortunately, I don't think they sell them blanks. I think they're just one-offs. The only way to get one is to, you know, get one through the auction. But I think it'd be cool. I think they should. I think they should, like, sell them. Um, I know a lot of people who'd probably buy them. One of one of my really good friends from college, um, she's also Indian, and she probably would have like gotten it. She's a. I've tried to get her into hockey. She's just not gonna bite. But she doesn't mind going for like the social aspect. She would probably still buy one though. I It'll definitely. It could definitely be one of those things that you can only get when you're at the arena. This is not something I would ever trust fanatics to deal with whatsoever. Mm. I know, uh, like San Jose does. Um, you don't like the sans. You don't think they'll get the Sanskrit writing right? <laughs> the nameplates, the Sanskrit nameplates. Sure, I'm just. I sure. mean, there are so many ter- terrible things I could say about that to demean fanatics, but I, I will not. I will not do it. I will. That, Go for that it. Sans- that Sanskrit writing is going to look great on the back of the St. Louis Blues sweater that you didn't order. <laughs> I mean, we can barely trust them to get players' names in English correct. Mm-hmm. God only knows. Oh no, they would just put language. it together and make it look pretty, and it would be just gibberish. You can't even get them to get the team and the player right, much less the player name. No, no. Um, San Jose does the like they have a local artist series where they have some of the Latino. Um, Latin community artists, you know, being big in that area, um, like do a warm-up sweater for them. Mm-hmm. And they give them, they give a t-shirt representation away to people attending the game that night. In some cases, they'll put it on pucks, you know, so to your point, Pat, it's, you know, it's on, it's on merchandise, you know, available at the game that night. And some stuff's available on the store, but, you know, it's whatever's left over after the game type thing. Yeah, I actually have a Star Wars night t-shirt from San Jose. Yeah. But I know that when they, when they do that, and I can't remember the name of it, and I know my friends in San Jose are throwing things at the wall and whatever. Um mostly because they need new laptops and that's how they get hardware refreshes. <laughs> um, my laptop broke. I don't know what happened. 
<laughs> it just just flew against the wall all by itself. Yeah, speaking of which, I need to take the rest of the day off. I've got a hole in the wall to fix. Um, <laughs> God, you know, I know a bunch of people in San Jose specifically go to those games because they love those um, those sweaters. And I know the Kings, you know, the Kings have done um, uh, Chinese Heritage Night. That's mm-hmm. another one I love wearing around because I've, I've got one of those that I wanted that I wanted auction. I hate saying one like it was a lottery um, that I paid for <laughs> at you auction. Bought, you bought yes. at auction. I bought at auction. And every time I wear it to work, I always get stares from a couple of my, my coworkers who speak Chinese. And they look at me and go, do you know what that says? And I was like, yeah, it says L.A. Well, yeah, but kind of. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I I know it says something else in the actual Chinese characters, but broken down, it's L.A. And they're like, yeah, that's actually pretty clever. Damn. Um, so, yeah. I'd love for them to do more of that and make them a little bit more widely available. Not like all the pink and purple warm-ups that we're going to see for the next however many days. But do it two or three nights a, a year in those specific markets where it makes sense. You know? Not that it ever makes sense in any market. <laughs> I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, I I stepped in that one. HHR. Yep. Of course, yep. they're stupid about their making their HHR. You could have just said they're stupid, and stopped right there, and you'd have been one hundred percent correct on everything else. You. Yeah. I will just leave it at that. <laughs> So speaking of clothing and such, I wasn't. Uh, <laughs> I was jerseys, of hockey sweaters. Sweaters, sweaters are a type of clothing. They they go over the body to cover it up. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I will cede that fact to you. Okay. So uh, uh, Sarah Sivian has started a series on who's wearing the best suit. For the week. J'accuse. J'accuse, Sarah. J'accuse. You notice and, how there are a lot of people just ripping off of my old NHL ties thing? You know? Well, I suggested, and, and this has been quite popular in terms of the retweets and likes on Twitter, that at the next All-Star game, she should be uh, on the red carpet in a fancy evening gown asking the players as they come in what they're wearing. And then Sarah Simeon, the athletic Brett Burns, who are you wearing? Yes. And then she should have a post red carpet show like Joan and Melissa Rivers used to have. Oh, my God. And then uh, (laughs) I will say that this is this is an idea I had 10 years ago. I was at an NHL um, all-star game. And I was on the red carpet, and I, as a member of the media, and uh, why they let me in, I don't know. I was just a lowly, unpaid blogger. Um, and uh, I was going to ask the players as they walked by what they were wearing, just for kicks and giggles. 
Um, but my voice recorder didn't work, so I couldn't. And it was particularly frustrating because I had Henrik Lundquist standing right in front of me for a good five minutes as he was answering questions, other people's questions. And if, I, if my voice recorder had worked, I could have just put it out there and asked, so what are you wearing? I'm sorry. I just would have stared there. I just would have stood there for five minutes and basked in his glow. I did. <laughs> As you know, I, that, I you know, because I didn't. I couldn't do anything. Well, I had a camera, so I was taking pictures, but I couldn't do anything else. So you know. As a precursor to the All Star Game red carpet, can we have a panel of judges rate on skills competition night different wardrobes that they come in it with? Oh, not the not the crazy tricks like a, a panel of like nineteen seventies ice skating judges with their cards. Oh yeah, just random people out of the crowd would be perfect. Yeah, like get 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 Tara and Johnny, bring them in for this. Well, now wait, who who should who should co-host with Sarah Sivian though? That's the question. Asking people what they're wearing. I, I'm thinking Kevin Weeks, but you know, um, Kevin, a little too straight laced, a little too formal. When Elvis, Elvis Merce Lincoln's is coming in and is going to be doing some some off the wall things. That's why my mind went to Tara Lipinski and, and Johnny Weir. Mm. Let's get weird. <laughs> Let Johnny take over the whole thing. Be fantastic. I'm trying to think. You know, that, that'd that be good, but I think there's someone there. <sighs> Goodness gracious. See, this, See should be, this should be an NHL network thing rather than an athletic thing, in all honesty. Yeah, I wasn't thinking of anyone else on the athletic. Right. Well, that no, was, I mean, like... Sivian doing her her shtick and then they you know bring in whoever would be appropriate because I kind of think she does need a straight man who could be gay possibly or not I mean you know whatever trying to someone someone who would uh, you know be good a good fit charismatically Or like the the because you know, Joan and Melissa Rivers, right? They used to do that, and Melissa was very. Oh, Melissa was Melissa was the setup. Right, and so and so that sort of deal. But then again, you know, you're, everyone's the setup when you're next to Joan Rivers. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's a reason why Johnny Carson had her fill in whenever he was out. There's a smart had, man every once in a while. <laughs> every once in a while, there's a smart man. Yeah, she had for a money. limited period of time. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I think that might be the question of the week. <laughs> I'm, oh. I'm I'm struggling here because I I do like the idea of Kevin Weeks as as the straight man, but I wonder should it be someone hockey adjacent? So I or, think, or I, is Sarah? A straight person. No. Mm-mm. No. She is she is far too quick. Mm-hmm. 
No, I, Cassie, I, I believe I believe if you rephrase this in the form of a question, that could be our show ender. All right, all right. So, so if Sarah Sithian were to do a red carpet event, not necessarily All-Star Game, but we'll go with the All-Star Game, asking various hockey players what their fashion choices were about and who made their, you know, outfit... Who would be the appropriate co-host with her, do you think? This has been the 3B3 Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at 3B3 Podcast. We're available for NHL consulting at reasonable fees.